Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weekly Standby, the podcast where we talk about movies, comics, and TV shows. Today, we have a special episode. We're doing a double feature, which we usually don't do, um, The Whale and Oppenheimer. So, does that make this um, Whaleenheimer? Yeah, your, yeah, it does. Not mine? It does, yeah. Yeah. Just okay, for the record, it was Cedric's idea. Yeah. Or for anyone who's possibly cringing at that. Yeah, it it, it, it was my idea. Whaleenheimer, yeah. Um, although but if you Barbie, like it, then it was my idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, although Barbie was a good movie. We're doing Whaleenheimer today. Um, they're mm, two very, good very reason. good. I'm sorry? For good reason. Yeah. They're two very, very good movies. And uh, I urge you all to see both of them. But especially see Oppenheimer and IMAX seventy millimeter. It was really fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Um. And is, you, um. You you told me there's like um. How how many of those throughout the United States? You you said ten. Nineteen. Right. Nineteen. Okay. Yeah. And while while we're on the topic, um, for, I I want to get I want to get started about talk going deeper in the whale, but um, because we um said it. <clears throat> but right now, you, you urge people to see Oppenheimer and IMAX 70 millimeter. Yes. Why? Um, it's the way that Nolan intended the movie. He shot the movie in IMAX 70, and we saw it in IMAX 70. It, it's straight from his camera to our eyes, you know? And it's just it's really, really fantastic, you know? Uh, movies don't usually get made like that anymore. Um, a lot of them are IMAX um, shot on film, but scanned into computers, and then and then projected in IMAX with laser. A lot of movies are scanned digitally, and um, that's where kind of the film process ends. But this movie was was film beginning, middle, and end, and it's just a really fantastic experience. If you can get to see the movie uh, in IMAX seventy, I really really urge you to do so. Um, they just added the movie, they just gave the movie three more weeks in IMAX 70 theaters, so go ahead and check it out if you can. Uh, I really urge you to, like I said before, you're not going to regret it. It's like a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Well, if there's another movie in IMAX 70, but I don't see there being one. Um, with the way that the world's going strictly to digital, I don't see, uh, I don't see there being another one for a while. Um, I thought Dune was, but it's IMAX's laser, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, I really urge you guys to see it, um, because it's really, really good. Really, really good. Uh, you know, um, and that explosion, man, was just, wow. The whole entire theater was just, they were just, like, silent. Blown like, away? We were, yeah, we were just blown away. No pun intended. silented. Oh, my God. We, we really were. I, I can attest to that. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. And, like, I think it was made more impactful by my excitement. Like, I was I was very excited to see the movie because, like, we had waited for, like, two and a half weeks to see it. And I made sure we got no spoilers at all. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I made sure I got no spoilers at all. I don't know about you, but, um, you know, uh, it's just a really fantastic experience, you know, very, very rewarding. Um, and... With the Barbenheimer phenomenon, um, I there have been a lot of uh, um, film reviewers that have said this. So like Nando V movies, um, Mr. Sunday movies, um, 
friend Voyager, you know, a lot of film YouTubers have said this, but we don't get that kind of hype around two movies very, very often. And it was completely organic too, which makes it so cool. Um, you know, uh, they were slated to come out the same day. Uh, Christopher Nolan was very, very upset with that. But in the end, he ended up saying like, yeah, like this is, this is the fantastic thing because people don't get excited to go to the cinemas anymore. But this summer, really, those two movies are just summer blockbusters, man. Exactly like how how in 2008, Iron Man came and everybody was going, like, crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, like, we don't really get that in the, in the theater anymore. And, and it's well-deserved. You know, Barbie hit a billion dollars a few days ago. Oppenheimer hit 500 million. You know, these movies are... Like, big successes. And compared to last year, the movies that we got last year, and, like, and like even at the beginning of this summer, the beginning of this summer, those movies were, like, kind of bad. Like, I'm not going to lie. They, they, they were kind of bad, you know? But, like, compared mm. to what we got at the end, like, oh, my God, man. Like, we don't usually get movies like that. Movies that are just, like, gigantic hits. Like, we don't get movies like that anymore, you know? I, I, I guess I kind of get that. I mean... At at the same time, though, I guess you could say that if if every movie was good, then there's there's nothing really to get excited about, you know? Yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm not saying that like um there shouldn't be good movies in the first place. I just feel like it can have a bit of an a bit of an opposite effect. I think you could say like when you see something good enough out of stuff that like isn't really that good, it really forces you to um really invest, really get into it. And while I don't entirely disagree with you on how, like, um, it's very rare for people to go to the cinemas, um, I feel like people like Nolan will, will can, can really change that. And oh, I'm not, not just saying that. I'm sorry. So sorry. Go on. No, no. Yeah, dude, I, I completely agree with you, dude. Nolan, it, it took Nolan and Greta Gerwig to force people, like, back into the theaters, man. And let me tell you, they both did a fantastic job. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if I can really say much on Greta Gerwig's, Gerwig's part, but from my perspective on Nolan, he, he's a guy with um, uh, integri integrity and authenticity. He, he does not F around at oh, all yeah, when it definitely. comes to, to film and cinema. I mean, yes, you could say that um, his stuff is um, both epic and flashy, but substance, substance and complexity, he's willing to go all in on everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he knows how to pick them. He knows what he knows what he's doing, especially with seven, seventy millimeter. Oh yeah, dude, and like, dude, that cast, man. Oh my god, what an all star cast, man. What an all star cast. Absolutely. You know, um, but yeah, like that that explosion was insane. You know, because you see it, because um, because you kind of see it, and you're kind of like waiting for the sound to hit, and you're like, oh, like the explosion happened. But, like, there's no sound. Like, I can't hear anything. Like, yeah, like, it looks good, but I can't hear anything. And then you're kind of just, like, there's, like, a very, very, like, low rumbling noise. And then about, like, ten seconds later, all you hear is boom. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's so loud. And it's just so, like, that's the only thing that you can focus your attention on. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know? And I feel like 
that the same can be said for for the music. Only difference being is that with 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 a with soundtrack like this, it felt like there were multiple explosions, or there was one really long um, explosion yeah. in which you felt the vibrations and you felt like a, a certain rubbling, like it just it goes in and out, and you can you can really feel it. Oh yeah, you can really feel like as if you were there. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's another plus I feel like with I with IMAX seventy millimeter. You can really feel the both the sound and in a way almost the the experience. Yeah, oh yeah. Really um, emphasizes all of that. Yeah, no, the thing that I the thing that I love the most really about well, because I'm pr- I'm pretty sure this is our first time going to an IMAX three D theater. Um I don't I don't know about you, but it's my it was my first time. And you know, I've never seen an IMAX screen. I've never seen an IMAX 3D screen before, and it was curved and it was kind of tilted slightly. It made you, it really kind of encompassed you and made you feel like you were a part of, of what was going on in the movie instead of watching what was going on. You know? Um, yeah. It, well, I mean, that's also kind of like an attest to Nolan's filmmaking and how he's able to kind of make you feel like you're part of the action instead of just watching it happen absolutely Um, and i think that that's part of the reason why so many people love his movies not just because of the uh practical effects that he used but but the feelings that his movies give the viewer you know and it's kind of like yeah yeah and 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 it's like we don't really kind of get that feeling anymore because like because like i go to marvel movies still like I'm, I'm gonna be a Marvel fanboy until I die, probably. But the most recent Marvel movies, I kind of just go to the movies and I'm kind of like, oh yeah, it's another Marvel movie. That's cool. Like, mm-hmm. like well, I saw it. It happened. That, well, is that how you felt about with Guardians of the no, Galaxy three? I was gonna say, except Guardians of the Galaxy three. Uh, Good. But all the other Marvel movies, I'm like, meh. It, it happened. It's a Marvel movie, and I'm gonna say, and, and I know you don't agree with this. Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, I'm gonna have to say the Eternals. Uh, probably not Sang Chi because Sang Chi was actually pretty decent. Um, but yeah. those those two movies and then Black Widow as well. Um, I just I don't know. I just I felt like a disconnect. You know, like it wasn't really mm-hmm. like I wasn't really in like enthralled by it anymore. Um, only because it's kind of gotten a dip in quality. Um. A lot of things need to change with the Marvel Universe. But anyway, I'm getting off topic here. Um, like I was saying, Christopher Nolan really does a good job at making you feel like you're part of the movie. And and and, and the and the feeling that his movies give you is just so overwhelmingly powerful. Um, you, know? you know what I think he does? Yeah. You know how I think he does it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I never met the guy. I, I can't yeah. attest to anything that he does and yeah. how he feels and thinks, but... I feel like what makes him stand out is how he's one of the few people in the film industry that treats um, almost every bit that he does as a heart, as a heartbeat. Oh yeah. Like, um, and you, what he, how you make that beat come in is you got to put in the blood. You got to pump in the blood, make, make that heartbeat, like get it going so that everyone's hearts can really start racing, whether it's one thing or the other, is this enough? Is this too much? Or how can we leave our people wanting more? 
How can we leave them being curious? How can we make them frustrated? And just somehow he gets us to, to really dig in, to really invest, all the while putting in it with with a with a pretty good amount of effects. Oh yeah. Like I said, he he, he again, I'm not saying like um everything was his idea. I'm sure like other people he works with, they they have their own thoughts and their own thought process, but in a way, he's the director, so he's gotta have like some role in what goes on. Oh no, yeah, yeah, dude. It's just like in his kind of like his he, You can almost say he's a bit like um um the heart surgeon of filmmakers. Yeah. Um, not maybe not the heart surgeon of filmmakers, but just like um, a couple who are really like you know putting the effort to to get that beat going. Oh no, yeah, oh yeah, dude, and you know he really really takes his craft very seriously, um, and I think that it pays off. Like his hard work really really pays off, um, and it's just like I left that theater feeling sorrow. You know, I was very. Um, I, I could feel the existential dread that was weighing on Oppenheimer throughout the film leading up to and after the Trinity test. And I could just, I could feel it. And it's just like that kind Mr. of feeling. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mr. Krabs. <laughs> you know, and um, that kind of feeling is just something that's lost on me going to other movies. Like, I don't feel like that. Yeah anymore yeah i guess you know I, mean? I guess you could say that um so some some people aren't really willing to or maybe maybe not people but maybe production companies aren't willing to take that extra step forward and willing to be just a little edgy and emotional because there's there is just something very cathartic and pretty like sad moments mm -hmm. and or, or even just full-on intense there's there's just oh, something yeah. nice about that that you can really really get into it which is um Maybe I, I don't want to play favorites here, but I feel like that's something Universal has has been doing a really good job at lately. Doing what? And and really like putting the sorrow and the emotions, oh, yeah. which just you just feel a certain catharsis from from one thing or the other. No, I'm not saying like all of their stuffs are an instant hit, but I feel like compared to like other industries and other um, companies and movies, like they they're the ones who were, are a little more consistent with that. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, I, I, I agree, you know. And, I mean, we have gotten some, some emotional movies this year, um, one of them being Across the Spider-Verse. Um, Absolutely. Another one being oh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, you know. Mm -hmm. Can't um, leave that out. They're just really, really fantastic movies. Uh, this year has been a very, very good year for movies um i don't know about like blockbusters but a lot of movies have done very good um it's just, and... well, it, it's not per se blockbusters it's more so studios that want to make blockbusters hmm. if that if that makes any sense it's like the studios that attempt to make their movie a blockbuster but fall short. For example, The Flash is a big one of them. Um, mm. uh, you have uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. You know, even though that movie was great, it fell short because of the time that it was released. Uh, which is very unfortunate. It was a very, very good movie. Um, all of the all of Tom Cruise's movies, to be honest, ha are, are pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, um, case in point, the movie that made us return to the cinemas, Top Gun Maverick. 
that movie is a masterpiece. A masterpiece in filmmaking um, in every aspect as well. Um, you know, the the lighting, cinematography, um, directing, obviously, like I said before, the acting as well. The dialogue is just, oh my god, it's fantastic, you know? And it's just, um, these movies, like, I feel like um, uh, a lot of people have been talking about superhero fatigue and um, just like, just like cinema fatigue in general, you know? I don't think that it's because too many movies are releasing. I think it's because a lot of the movies that are being released are just not good, you know? And these movies, these movies like Mission Impossible Fallout, um, like I said, Oppenheimer, Barbie, Guardians of the Galaxy, Across the Spider-Verse are a testament to what the audience actually want. You know, we want a good yeah. movie. You know, I don't, I, I really don't want to see another, um, excuse me, but I'm about to upset you again, Thor, Love and Thunder. I don't want another one of those. I really, really don't. Um, you know, I don't want another, um, what other movie came out this year that wasn't good? Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I don't want another one of those. Um, it wasn't that bad. It was a, uh, come on, man. It's, it's no garbage. It could have been better. I'll agree. It's no Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, absolutely. No, no, no. Yeah. 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 Not that. And it's just like, um, I don't want another Indiana Jones Dial of Destiny movie. Um, you know, and it's just like, we want variety, you know. I don't want another Flash either. That's a big one. Um, we want variety. You know, we want change. We want good storytelling. We want good direction. We want good characters. We want good everything. Like, it doesn't need to be perfect, but it needs to be pretty damn near close yeah i feel like um i feel like we're getting in a step in the right direction like you know um people are being just a little more self-aware bit by bit yeah and now they're they're releasing or they're taking priority and trying to take their time and trying to see what does and doesn't work and i feel like um neither of us have seen it yet but i feel like that's very much the case with teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem oh i haven't seen it yet you know but um that's what i just said Oh yeah, yeah. yeah at the time of this recording, neither of us have seen it yet, though it's been a week. I mean, at the time of this recording, it's been a week since it released, which we will see in due time. But yeah, we we, we, we got to make a it, its own episode. Uh, uh, no, yeah, it, it, we do see it. It has to be, you know. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm pretty sure we can both say that it, it's a very big piece in my heart, and I'm pretty sure yours as well. Uh, TMNT has been a very um, as a kid, I remember watching the show and all the movies, and it's just, like, fantastic. It's like, well, not, like, fantastic, but it's just, like, a core piece of my memory that I'm not going to forget. You know, and I just, um, uh, we will see them. We have to see them. We're going to make an episode about them. Uh, anyway. Um, focusing on the episode of hand i think it's high time we have we've got into something that's we've been putting off for so long that we've been talking about movies have um gradually getting better this year we're going to talk about something from last year which um really come out as a very very pop underrated as a very very um i don't want to say underrated gem but i don't think it was in theaters long enough which we um, missed it brendan fraser got an oscar for it it is definitely not a hidden gem Right, I'm just saying, like, it's a hidden gem in our case because, you know, some of us weren't really prioritizing to see it in theaters. By us, I mean you. Case in point, 
We mean the whale, in case Cedric didn't give it away and ruined, made it anticlimactic by saying Brendan Fraser. In any case, the whale. The whale. Wow. Um, Just Sadie, wow. Yeah. Wow, dude, wow, wow, wow. Uh, all first of it, wow. Of all, first of all, Sadie Sink, man. That the Wow. She was good, man. Sadie Sink was great in that movie, you know? Yes. Um, well, I mean, again, um, going to talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, Brendan Fraser uh, hasn't been well, in unintended, a movie. Unintended, I bet. Uh, Brendan Fraser hasn't been in a movie in a long time. Um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, pretty sure we all know why. Um, yeah. Well, it's it's one reason or another you yeah. could say. But uh, case in point, um, if if he was if this was a comeback, this this was a comeback. This this definitely was a comeback. You know, and I just this movie is 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 also it it it's a testament to. Um, a lot of, well, I mean, obviously a lot of hard work, but also A24 and their ability to just consistently invest in and market good movies. Um, I feel mm. like that's that's part of the reason why their their company is valued the way that it is, but also why people keep coming back to the movies for A24. Um, I know I have, um, and I know you have. I know a lot of other... Uh, filmmakers and and our film friends have as well um those movies uh the the collection of a24 movies are just some of the best movies um and and i don't think that they could really be topped by any other studio um i know uh marvel was on top for a while um uh there's universal mgm um amazon you know um but I don't that A twenty four is a true gem, you know. I don't think that any other studio is really on their level in in terms of uh just releasing straight bangers like all the time. Like literally every movie that they've released has done good. Uh except for probably the first few at the beginning, but yeah. Um their movies are very good. They can all be winners. Yeah. Well, I mean, they pretty much are. To be honest, like A twenty four man, they have a very good like they have a very good batting average, dude. Like like, if I'm gonna be honest, they have a lot more uh, hits than they do misses. Like a lot more hits than they do misses. You know. Um, that being said, um, without getting too far off topic, mm-hmm. um, we we are definitely gonna make an episode about A twenty four. Let oh, that be yeah. a little preview to you guys. Oh yeah. But um, going back to the whale. Yeah. What worked? Why? Why did it work? I mean, what made um, it um, as good as everyone said says it is? Why? If there was hype, then it was absolutely justified. But why? Um. First of all, uh, Brennan Fraser, fantastic. You know, his his use of uh, like stories in the movie to tell his own story was just fantastic. It like. It's really, like, lost on people, like, subtext. It's very easy to kind of not read between the lines and kind of just enjoy the movie on on its face, like, for face value. But, um, um, I, 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 I know me, and I know you, um, you know, and I know that we both really love to read in between the lines and kind of really get our hands dirty 
in the in the meaning behind movies. Um, Truth. And I'm, very, very true. And I'm pretty sure I can say that for probably the median of uh, um, filmmakers and, and film viewers as well. Um, you know, um, it's just learning the story behind a movie, but also kind of l- like like reading between the lines and getting the subtext of what um, the actors meant by like the line readings they were giving just just it makes the movie so much more impactful um and i definitely think that uh the whale is a very 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 impactful film um it's just it's it's really really um good and it's just like it's really like even when in the movie even when he was he was like stress eating i was just so captivated like i could not look away you know I was just so yeah. captivated the whole entire time. And you know what I think it was with all that? I yeah. feel like in a way, um, everyone has has been in that phase. Oh no, oh yeah, definitely. And I don't mean that in the phase in like um uh just just stress eating and getting fatter. I mean that in the sense that um you know, you're you're staying at home, you're not going out because, you know, of, of COVID. I feel like people will that made it a little more relatable to most people, but for people who could relate to him even more so is about like, I guess, addiction. I like to believe that it's an allegory for just addiction in general, mm-hmm. but, you know, stress eating and getting fatter and like destroying your body, that's never really been explored. And yeah, no, I, I think that's it a, really hasn't. It's a very good fresh take in like in terms of addiction, whether because it's I'm not trying to say undervalue these, but most of the time we get it's either smoking or alcohol or drugs, which do to this day will always be make things interesting. But at the same time, this this is this is a fresh good take. This is a good take in which uh, people can really um, get behind it and really try to um, better themselves, I guess you could say, or. Um, when, when we see someone else who is like in a situation, how, how can we help them? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like in a way, um, in, in a way that there are some parallels and for between off, we're getting deeper into reading between the lines. I feel like between, um, Charlie and, um, Ellie, his daughter is that they both feel like victims Yeah, and yet they try not to like, and they inherently become victimizers or I feel like in Charlie's case, he's inherently being a victimizer yet. He's like, he feels so wronged that in a way, yes, you could say that, okay, that's enough. But at the same time, you, how can you not feel bad for him? Oh no. Yeah. And is this the, the fact that he does not really like, I mean, yeah, like he does kind of feel like a victim, but it's like, you don't really, see him kind of like outwardly projecting onto other people um and that's kind of the thing where it's kind of like like oh like this person kind of accepts their fate if that makes any sense you know what i mean and so you're just kind of seeing them live out the rest of their days but 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 again like i said the the stories that that is it's like parallel to his own story if that makes any sense like the um like the um what's the word here i'm looking for the uh, um similarities between his story and the the essay that um uh ellie wrote 
um, are just they're very very similar, and I feel like like that's the reason why he is the whale. He's trying to distract the viewer from his story. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Or in a way, I feel like um, yes, it's it's comp. I feel like you could say it's also simple yet very yeah. complicated at the same yeah. time because when we get to a certain age, you you get the general gist about Moby Dick. Yeah, and what oh, John, yeah. A, a guy is like trying to hunt down a whale, and you, when you see more of um, the the whale of a twenty four movie, is that um, you think that hunting down if Captain Ahab takes down this whale, everything's just going to be fine. And I feel like yeah. that's the um, yeah, and it's not that simple. And it's it's the same here, in which with with this movie is that it's just not that simple. It's not as clear cut and black and white. It's like, yes, I mean, he, he could better himself. He could go to the hospital, but at the same time, why, why would he want to? He doesn't really have any motivation except for putting everything that he has into taking care of his daughter and is the only way that he knows how. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Um, let's, let's, um, um, pivoting away from, from Charlie, I feel like it's done justice to, to the female, the female characters. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, of course. Um, we, um, me and you, both of us are very, very um, uh, enthralled. Well, I mean, I, I'd say I am by uh, strong female leads. Um, me and you have talked about this a few times. I uh, have an episode about it. Uh, hopefully part two will come out soon. Um, you know, uh, but... Uh, Ellie is and, definitely, I think, one of them. And if um, I know you, I know you don't really agree with me on this one, but I think I, I can't remember her name, but I think Ellie's mom, Charlie's ex-wife, can be um, as a good character in and of itself. Not yeah. because she's strong, but because she's like she's trying to hold it together. You know, she's not weak, but at the same time, it's like, despite everything that she's been through, you would expect her to be like an absolute mess or just absolutely temperamental. But, and yet when you, you, you could, you could still say that, but when you really hear her and Charlie talk, like really talk, you can tell she's trying, she's legitimately trying to have some bit of rationality left in her, trying her very best to be level-headed, um, or at least be level-headed with him. I feel like she's at her boiling point with her daughter, but from my my impression of her is that um, I, what what this whole um, scene between her and Charlie says that I want to hate you, but there's nothing I could say and do that can be worse than what you've done to yourself. Yeah, yeah, and it's just um, I agree. Um, she she did really really try. Um, I think it, that I'm sorry to Ted, um, insult to injury, um, for, for lack of a better phrase, she didn't do anything wrong. No, she didn't. And I'm not saying that, that Charlie did something wrong. It's just like, she wound up getting the, um, getting the brunt of it all. The brunt. The yeah. Brunt uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, of it all, I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm saying that right. But out of everything, she's the one that I feel like that got screwed the most Yeah. because I mean, it's not like Charlie intentionally tried to hurt her. And again, it's, it's not like it's all Ellie's fault. That's, that's teenagers. What do you expect? But no, still, yeah. I feel like out of all the characters that I've seen in the whale, she's, she's had it worse. No. Yeah. Um, 
I I can definitely um I can definitely for certain say that um what was the name of the what was the name of the nurse again? Um I it 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 slipped my mind. I don't remember. Um just just um uh go 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 with what you say. I'll, I'll look for her name. Okay, but no yeah. Um she's also very resilient, very strong, you know. Her 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 brother died. Um her her dad is a part of new life um which in and of itself having a radicalized family member of any religion or any or any um or anything really i mean it doesn't really matter where you come from it doesn't doesn't really matter having a radicalized family member of again like i said anything is a very very hard thing to deal with um not only that but um I don't know if this was really described. Um, she said she was adopted. Yeah. But um, what what context does that make it with her brother? Was her brother also adopted, or was she, were her, were the two of them siblings, like before she was adopted? I mean, I don't really. I think... mean, I mean, it's not like. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was gonna say I'm not. I'm not saying it's like important. I'm just saying yeah. like it doesn't. Cha- I mean, it doesn't change the fact that she's her brother. But at the same time, you just can't help but but wonder like little bits of details in that. No, no, but yeah, no, of course. Um, but at, yeah, at, like, um, Liz is her name. Um, yeah, I, I feel like yeah, yeah. That, um, that said, she's getting the the real. Um, she she's dealing with a lot of it too. Like yeah. she could say that. Um, yeah, she she does genuinely care about Charlie, and yeah, you one could say that she's not being fair to Chuck. Tra- being fair to him but you know he in a way you could say he's not being fair to everybody else oh no definitely, I mean, definitely not except maybe thomas i mean until the until the very end until yeah. the very end we're like he but that was thomas's up. fault though that was, that was yeah thomas's of course fault. it was his own fault but yeah. Oh, yeah. i mean that in a sense but going back to earlier he was like you know he was genuinely trying he was trying to have like a conversation and understand from someone's someone else's point of view yeah but yeah the, at the very end when he's like you, you just got to admit you did wrong like oh come on i mean but you know i guess it's i guess it was more or less um now, now that i say it out loud it's more or less um i don't want to say justified but you could see it coming in which uh yeah thomas made a mistake he didn't know how to fix it so how could he you know not see the parallels between that he just uh, obviously he did not handle it the right the right way, but still. No, yeah. Look, look, but... Looking at it from his point of view, uh, you you just can't help but wonder. Like you know, obviously he was in the wrong, but still, could he have said it in a better way? I definitely do think he could have, but I think that for the purposes of the story, it played out very well. Um, uh, absolutely, I think it's yeah, important yeah. to 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 um. First, you don't really like him. Then you start to like him, and yeah. then you're like, "Okay, I do not like him." That's no, oh, yeah. only an A twenty four movie can do that, right? No, oh, no, yeah, like literally only an A twenty four movie can do that. You know, um, it's kind of the same thing with Bo, and Bo is afraid. You know, you kind of uh, feel sorry for him because everything mm. in his life is going. Wait, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You haven't seen the movie yet, have you? Not yet, but but but, but, I, but I plan to rest okay. assured. All right, I'm gonna keep this as non-spoilery as possible. 
um, in the movie, uh, Bo is kind of, uh, incompetent. Um, he's very, you feel a sense of pity for him throughout the whole movie, but at the same time, you're kind of like, why do I like this person, but why do I hate him at the same time? It's kind of like, like your, your, your moral compass is kind of like askew throughout the whole movie. And it's very, um, um, it's very apparent even towards the end because, um, oh, well, I can't spoil it. Um, a lot of things do happen at the end. Um, it's very, uh, you kind of get a sense of like, this person sucks. Um, mm. and that's only that, that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, so sorry for interrupt, but just okay. I'm, I'm gonna try to make this quick. Um, Bo's Joaquin Phoenix, right? Yeah, that's that's something that I feel Joaquin Phoenix also does a really good job at. He he really he does. Or I don't know if it's him or the roles that he's given is by coincidence. But that being said, the characters that he's betrayed that no matter how like how much you can antagonize them, no matter how quote unquote bad they are for one reason or another, you you can't not feel something. Oh for yeah. Them. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I definitely feel that's going to be the case with um with with when when we see him in Napoleon. Oh no, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad Ridley Scott is is he's still got it. He's still oh, going yeah. at it. Oh, but yeah, yeah. I, I feel like another personal good example that I think is underrated is when he played uh, Commodore in um, a movie called Gladiator that starred Russell Crowe. I haven't. Oh, I, I mean know, Russell. I have seen Gladiator. Uh, I don't remember the movie, but I saw it. I don't remember the movie, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, well, well, bottom line is. He, he's a character that you just hate so much mm-hmm. and yet you can't help but feel like some bit of justification for his dislikability. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it, I can see that with a lot of his characters, especially Joker. Like you want to hate Joker yeah. so bad because he is a, he is, he is evil. Um, he is a quote, big, quote. he's a big pile of lemons. Um, mm. Because every every uh, every villain is lemons. Um. Anyway, um, he's a big pile of lemons. Uh. But you can't help but feel sorry for him. Like you can't help but feel a sense of dread and sorrow for what he's going through. Um. And I think that uh, these actors are kind of like, like these actors, like you, like, are very uh rare. Uh. And it like especially today like these actors that can can evoke that sort of emotion from you are very rare uh i know um adam driver is one of them um definitely um um you have uh john david washington you have um uh and I mean, you could say you know? i mean you can technically say the same thing between um uh nolan like i was saying oh, earlier yeah. yeah but i mean that, that's to say not, i'm not saying that um uh cillian murphy or that that's his Killian, name. Right? Killian. Kill, Killian. What what am I doing? Uh between Killian uh, and even even Matt Damon's character where oh, yeah. you could like dislike him easily, but at the same time you get you get it. You no, get oh, like yeah. oh yeah. You get and, like about everybody's perspective in a way that you know, you could say in a way they're their own heart surgeon or car what do you call it, cardiologist? Uh for what? Oh, oh no, no, no. 
uh, for, for Virgo, I mean, is the is the reference that is is the is the um, uh, comparison that you made earlier. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to like think of other examples for just just like hearts and just you know they really know how to bring in a beat, make yeah. our hearts race, and really oh, bring yeah. it bring it up to life. Yeah, I mean, uh, cue in the wake me up, Dan. Couldn't wake up, wake me up and save me. Bring it on the kick on the evanescence. Oh yeah, <laughs> anyway, oh yeah. Um, um, go, going back to um the whale, it's it it, it does justice for. Yeah. For just 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 about almost everything in a way yeah. oh no no yeah yeah um exactly um and and i also wanted to say is just like you see you've seen uh, like a lot of these actors in both of the movies um well i mean uh probably like sadie sink and then brendan Fraser, and then and then you have uh killian murphy you have um uh robert downey jr you have dan dan dehan you have a lot of these actors that you just kind of know from movies that are not good. Um, uh, um, in this case, uh, Brendan Fraser was in The Mummy. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. was in uh, Dr. Doolittle. Dan DeHaan was in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, or was it one or two? Uh, either one. Um, two. I, I, yeah, two. Um, you have a, a, like, a lot of those actors are really from movies that are that either span a great length of their career or are just commercial flops and don't do well but in these movies you can kind of just be like oh yeah that person is actually a good actor uh we just haven't seen him in a good movie yet um, exactly you know um and i know with the uh, um um robert downey jr just wow um all of his all of his acting um all of his acting exploits um since well after iron man have been commercial flops in my opinion um i mean i i guess i can say the same thing about tom holland unfortunately um a lot of his movies have been pretty bad after mm-hmm. after the mcu um well not pretty bad but not not as good it, it like 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 his acting performances because of the directing style and the dialogue have not been up to par with with how he usually acts um but yeah i just like i like, I like I said, to think we're getting into this phase where it's like don't don't judge a book or an actor by their past posters i guess you could oh, say oh no yeah 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 but like uh like it's just um a lot of these actors only do well when there's good dialogue and good directing. And I feel like Christopher Nolan, I feel like Christopher Nolan does a very good job at both. And, Absolutely. and you're able to actually get something out of these actors and you're able to see the, the, the emotional, um, the emotional roller coaster that they're a lot of the, that they're finally able to take you on after a career of of movies that just weren't really up to par and didn't really provide audiences with the the um emotions that they were trying to get um mm. and like i said robert downey jr dan dehan uh i won't say killian murphy because killian murphy all of his movies have been pretty good um, you know, um, what's the one girl that was, she was in, uh, 
what's her name again? Uh, the other, the other main character. What's her name again? And, and what Oppenheimer well, character? Yeah. She was a uh, 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 Oppenheimer's uh, um, mistress. What was her name again? I'm not sure. Well, I guess ex girlfriend. No, but uh, like, what's her name in real life? I don't, I don't remember. Like, like, what's her? I don't remember. Anyway, um, she's another example. Um, so, uh, like, a lot of her movies have not. This is really, I I wouldn't say the peak, but it's definitely getting there. Like, a lot of these actors have done a very very good job at this movie. Like, if if they're if I had to put their 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 acting job like collectively on a scale from one to ten, I'd say it was a fifteen probably because they, they they really knocked out of the park. Um, honestly, in in uh, my opinion. Um, but I'm kind of getting off topic. Um, like I said, um, these movies have really been able to kind of show the best of these actors and kind of portray them in a way that they've never been portrayed before it's like oh like i didn't know that this person was capable of evoking this emotion out of me like i didn't know that this actor was capable of giving this kind of performance where i actually feel what the director intended me to feel that's also a testament to nolan and how he's able to really direct and influence his actors in such a way where it's like everything just kind of flows like there's no real he doesn't really have to force anybody to to kind of act the way that he wants them it just kind of flows um yeah um so sorry sorry if i'm interrupting you but we we keep talking about the director of oppenheimer but who who directed the whale uh i i can see i think i know who it is but i just want to make sure uh whoever did it did a great job Darren, oh, Darren Aronofsky. Oh right, uh, oh, I, I, I've definitely heard of him. I'm, oh no, yeah. I didn't, I, 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 how do you forget I, a name like that? Oh my god. I can check That's, to see what movies he's done. Let's see. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I think I know one thing that he might have done. Assuming I'm not. Yes, he's he's done Requiem for a Dream, mm-hmm. which, in case you haven't seen that, I think that's the movie that broke Jared Leto. That really, oh, really broke out Jerry Leto for his acting. I haven't seen it. It's it's pretty wild. And believe it or not, he's he's Jerry Leto is like very unrecognizable. You would never guess it's him. Really? Hmm. And and dude, listen, this this came out in the year two thousand. Hmm. He was like really, but um, yeah, you? I don't know if I'm really. I'm not sure if Darren Vesky has um, done much over the past. Oh yeah, wow, he's he's done like very very little bit by bit. Ed, you know, I guess you could say it's a bit like um, what Nolan does. He has his own way of um, being integrity and like you know he doesn't film like this and that because someone tells him to. Mm-hmm. But um, let's see, let's see, Requiem for a Dream. Oh, um, he's done Black Swan. I, I haven't seen that, but I I think I've that was supposed to be good supposedly. Yeah, yeah I heard that it was good, and um. I don't really know Darren Aronofsky that well, um, but what I can say from what I know from The Whale, if if any of his movies are are the same, wow, like just just wow. Um, I I'm excited to see his other movies. 
uh, I don't like it. It's it's rare that a movie will kind of make you go like, oh, I want to see this director's other movies right now. But I I can definitely tell you for a fact that that's how um um. I can definitely say that that's for a fact that that's how... Dude, why am I forgetting the name of the movie right now? We just talked about it a few minutes ago. <laughs> we just talked about it. Uh, Everything Everywhere All At Once. There you go. Everything Everywhere All At Once. Um, that's definitely how it made me feel. Um, it's very rare, like I said, for a movie to, to, to kind of want you to go look at the actors of the movie and be like, okay, I want to see what else they've done because they're a great actor. Um... A lot of the movies that we've gotten now are kind of just like, oh, it happened. It was a movie. It was an experience. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Because um, that's how that's how a lot of movies have been. You know, like Thor, Love, and Thunder. I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. Uh, Thor, Love, and Thunder. Um, Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania, unfortunately. Um, Elemental was actually really good. I don't know if you saw that, but it was pretty good, actually. I I, th- I think you cut out for a bit. What 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 was the one you just said? Oh, um, elemental. Oh, um, yeah. Um, that's that's not Marvel, but uh, no, I, I want to say that for. I want to say that one for a little later. I'm saying it's good. It was okay. Um, but without without getting anything too off topic here, um, I want to see if we can run a little more parallels in between, um. Like what made them work, both both the way on Oppenheimer's how they they humanize like just about every part of it, like everything, like and I, I don't mean like just in a way to humanize them in which they're realistic, but they humanize them in, in a way that you genuinely feel them and and more, which oh, I think yeah. could be said. I think the same could be said between the whale and Oppenheimer. I think the same could be said for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that, that, that's what I feel like some, maybe you could say that's, that's one thing that, that, that they're lacking in, in, in films today is that they're not willing to go, go, go to that point and really get into, um, I mean, I'm sure I think that, yes, I'm sure they like can, can humanize them, but what, how, how can you uh, push that even further? I guess is the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In which, um, you know, I, in a way, you, you've, I've been saying this whole time that Charlie's the one with addiction, but in a way, you could say Oppenheimer, J. Robert Oppenheimer, has an addiction in and of itself as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, he made so, like he just can't stop making something. But then one day to be told, nope, it's going to be this, it had just said his whole world, like, and such a downward spiral that he, oh, yeah. and yet somehow, somehow he finds it in him to keep going. Yeah, he just realized that you've made such. Did I was, did I did right? Didn't I? Yeah. Did 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 I make success? And I I, I could have been wrong. I put everything into this, and now I'm. What do I do now? Yeah, and it's just the way that he got his clearance and. Um, his ability to speak freely kind of, like, revoked at the end of the movie was just really, like, horrible. Uh, he did a lot for, um, throughout the whole movie, and I'm sure that the movie, uh, stays very, very true to the actual story. I mean, I'm not sure, 
uh, what parts of it are not real and what parts of it are real. Um, well, mm-hmm. I mean, I I do know what parts of it are real, but I'm like I don't know uh, how dramatic how legitimate it all is. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and him after doing all that work, and then him be having his kind of like his rights basically to like free speech being taken away because of the things that he was saying. Um, it's kind of just ridiculous in my opinion. Um, I feel like, um, uh, especially with like all, all the things that you can do for a, a country, you know, just kind of just like, and they just don't appreciate it. It's kind of like the same in the whale where, where, um, Brendan Fraser's character, Charlie did so much for Ellie, but then she kind of acted like she didn't care. I mean, I mean, albeit, yeah, she did, but it's like she was very, uh, uh, very, um, it felt like trying to move an immovable object, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know? I, But in a way, somehow that object did move in of yeah. itself. Oh, no, it really yeah. came, came out full circle in which you... It really did move. And you know what? Um, spend a little more on that. Um, excuse me. Sorry. I feel like um, you could say that the endings for The Whale and Oppenheimer had um, good, bad endings, I guess you could say. Uh-huh. Good. I mean good because they were good endings. I mean bad because the characters, in a way, did turned out pretty sad and tragic. But at oh, the yeah. same time, this this might sound a little cynical on my end, but between Charlie and Oppenheimer, I'm glad Charlie died, and I'm glad Oppenheimer got screwed. Like, film-wise. I don't mean, like, the real Oppenheimer. I mean the Oppenheimer I was seeing on the screen, because if they... Again, I, I feel like they could have worked if, like, Charlie survived and... I don't know. They they expanded a little more into like what Oppenheimer did afterwards, but if they did that, could they have really had the same impact? I don't think so. Um, right. It's more yeah. like like it's more like um, we're tired of movies playing it safe. Uh, if, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, like for example, um, um, I can tell you. Well, I, I I'm not gonna say like. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy or anything, but honestly, um, that's what I was thinking about saying. To be honest, oh no, yeah, well, well, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One, Two, and Three are really the first movies. One and and uh, um, uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier are really, um, when it comes to movies that Marvel doesn't play safe with, it's those four. Um, True. Very true. Uh, and like, for example, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only one that was like, I want either Scott Lang to die or I want him to be stuck in the quantum realm. Um, and he wasn't, um, which sucks. But hey, I mean, it it happened. You know, I mean, there's nothing I can do about it. I guess. I mean, I'm not. I didn't make the movie, so it's not like I can do anything about it. But I, you know, like, um. Sorry, so sorry. I just want to make a really quick note that while we're on the topic of quantum manium, I feel like between what I just said about Charlie and Oppenheimer, the same could be said for Kang. Really? I feel like Kang, um, again, I, I agree. 
that Quantum Mayhem could be better, but in a way, I feel like Quantum King, like that version of King, in a way was like one of its redeeming traits. Yeah. And like in a way that um he he was right but wrong or wrong about trying to do right, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But yet when when you see like all these things or you're trying to contemplate what he's trying to do and how he's you could say he's just absolutely vicious and in how he's going about it, but at the same time you can't help but feel like damn. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, um, back 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 to what you were saying. No, yeah, well, I mean, I I do agree with you. Um, how how they uh, Oppenheimer and and Charlie uh draw a lot of um a lot of similarities to um King. In a way, they're like um the losers who I guess won, or the winners that lost. Mm-hmm. 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 In fact, I, I'm going to go with that. Like, in a way, they won, but in a way, yet they still lost. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I I, I agree, you know. Um, I definitely feel like, I mean, I feel like um, Oppenheimer not really fighting against the, the um, what were they called again? The AEC? What were they called again? I, I don't remember. Um, why, why don't we just say the government? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fighting not not really fighting against the government um, was I feel like it was a good choice not only in the movie to portray but but also in real life. I mean, if he did that in real life, um, uh, I, I feel like it was a good direction to kind of show like he's kind of just done, like kind of just done with with really like everything. You know, he doesn't really feel like working for the government doesn't really feel like working for anybody anymore he kind of just wants to retire and just do his own thing i think that's absolutely justified i mean it's that's hard to to do what you love and love doing it or i guess in his case you could say is um to do what you love and being true to yourself oh no yeah but like not only to do what you sorry but then yeah you've realized you've made something that kills people and you have no control over it. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, th- th- that too. That too. Yeah, know? it just weighs down on you. Yeah. And no, you yeah. could say for Oppenheimer's case, yes. Um, you could say, um, like, what's there's there's that phrase? Holding the gun is the same as pulling the trigger. Yeah. But if he made the gun, then how responsible is he for the trigger that's being pulled? Yeah. Oh, and actually, another little side note I want to pull out. I don't know if um. I don't know if you know this, but you know who um, played Truman? Harry Truman? No. Gary Oldman. Who is that? Dude, come on. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay, okay. Don't don't look it up. Do not look it up as I'm about to tell you. For starters, Gary o- Oldman was Commissioner Gordon in the Dark Knight trilogy. Oh, wow. And, and, and he was Sirius Black in Harry Potter. Wow. Holy crap. Oh, my God. Oh, and another insult. uh, To add just a little more insult to injury, do you remember Kung Fu Panda 2? Yes, I do. He was Shen. He was the voice of Shen. Who is Shen in that movie? He was the antagonist. I think I remember. I I think I remember. Um, He's the the ghost dude? No, 
Hold on. Hold he was on. like obsessed with fireworks. And he um he pretty much committed the genocide of um of um, Poe's kind or failed oh, genocide, I, I guess you could say. Dude, I remember this dude. Oh, now yeah, you yeah, remember. Yeah. yeah, I remember this dude, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I uh, um um what were we talking about? We were we were talking about um or I, I think I was bringing up how oh oh um, how, okay, okay, okay. a gun is is the same as pulling the trigger, but he made the gun, so how responsible how he does is he for the person who 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 pulled well, the trigger? No, I mean, regardless of what um we think or what anyone else says, yeah, you can tell that that guilt and re- he can't not feel some bit oh, of responsibility. Oh yeah, and, and he's, he's like, like so much it's weighing down on him. Uh, and and like and like you can really see that at the end of the movie when he's like like in that case well not really case it was more of like a kind of like a um how do you call it like i I wouldn't really say a patsy because it's not like they're trying to get oppenheimer to take the fall for a crime or something but like how it's it was more of like an attack on his character um you can really see that through nolan's use of of the lighting um as well as the um as well as the callbacks with the um, background audio to the bomb. You can see that. And and not only that, but also you can see that on Killian's face, that he is just tormented by the thought of his bomb being used in that way. Um, and, like, I mean, I would be too. I'm pretty sure a lot of people would be. Um and so it's just like uh his his like existential dread like him kind of coming to terms with the fact that he created something that killed millions of people really weighed on him and he made a decision to stop working for the government because like if he didn't stop like what's to stay um um what's to uh What's to stop the government wanting him to create a hydrogen bomber, wanting him to create another bomb that killed another, another enormous group of people? You know what I just realized. You know I mean? Um, the the more you're saying all this, and I'm starting to realize that you could say, um, a, um, the Kelly Murphy version of Oppenheimer, you could say is the polar opposite of C one thirty seven Rick Sanchez. Mm. Why do you say that? I mean that in the sense that um, he, Rick, Rick, in a Rick, like, does in a way, maybe he's not up in armor himself, but you know he of himself is a living bomb, and he's trying to contemplate how he can do right by the loss of his family by finding this person, but and you know he he was part of a government in of itself, mm-hmm. and yet he got. Um, he felt disillusioned of that government, and he doesn't know what to do with himself anymore. Yeah. And yet, when you hear, um, you hear Morty go, "You're my Rick." He has, you could say, he has a bit supposed existential crisis, and and at least in that one tiny moment. But then he falls back into his own habits, in which he just can't stop. Yeah. He just yeah. can't stop doing it. Uh, or maybe, maybe you could say the same about Charlie. That you try and you don't know how. You don't yeah. know how to stop doing it you don't know how to stop letting go or you don't know how to go forward or you feel this certain amount that 
I deserve to be punished and no one should have to deal with me in and of itself. And you just don't know what to do. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, um, I, I agree. Um, you know, um, I definitely though, um, I feel as if like, I feel in Oppenheimer, it was more of a necessary evil for them to create the bomb because like Killian Murphy, um, like like his character Oppenheimer said that uh, he doesn't know if America can be trusted with the bomb, but he knows that the Nazis can't. Could you imagine what would have happened if Germany had created the the nuclear bomb before we did? Could you imagine the amount of of not just Jewish people, but gypsies and black people and a whole bunch of different races, uh, races and religions of people that would have been killed? It's not just, and it wouldn't just be races. It would just be entire countries that they would try to exactly. dominate. But yeah, I mean, we we know that we know that now and today. But at the same time, you can't you can't help but you can't help but um look looking at it back then. It wasn't used against the Nazis. It was used against um, someone else. Which yes, they did pose a threat. But at the same time. You can't help but feel like a total one eighty of itself. No, wait, we're not. You're not using it against them. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. all this stuff that's piling up on you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I just, um, there are. It was a necessary evil. Um, now I don't know if, like, what's to say if no one had ever done it, and. And it wasn't like something that had to be done. Um, then, great. Like I, I personally would have rathered it not happen than it happened at all. Um, but um, it had to happen, um, or at least the way that I see, or at least the way that the movie portrayed is like it had to happen, and there was no other way. Um, and, and, and if it wasn't from Oppenheimer, then someone was bound to make it eventually. Yeah, yeah. Um, which you could say for a lot of things, um, you know. Um, but in, in in the case of Oppenheimer, um, I feel like um, like having to do something and kind of being forced to do it, but then also kind of having to come to terms with the the evil that you created. Um, is very it's it, it makes for a very compelling story um it does not only that but also um a lot of the emotions as well that that the actors like i keep saying uh that the actors are able to convey is just phenomenal dude um especially when do I, I can't believe i forgot her name give me one second i'm gonna look it up hold on i can't believe i forgot her name i feel bad um, Florence Pugh, sorry. Um, uh, the, the emotion that Florence Pugh was able to convey as well, even with her limited time on screen, like when she killed herself, you really felt like, oh my God, like this character is someone that I know, um, you know, and it just really, it, it kind of hit, it hurts because you kind of feel bad for her. Uh, not yeah. only... Not only during her death, but everything leading up to it as well. Um, you kind of feel bad for her. Um, 
yeah, it's just, um, it's just a phenomenal movie, uh, in my opinion. It's very, very phenomenal. You know, if you ask me personally, um, I feel like it also does a good job with um how it represents female characters, especially for like the time and place that it took, in which. It, it didn't ignore the fact that um, females were underrepresented at that time, and yet it showed that they were able to stand strong, but also flawed at the same time. They're trying to be strong in spite of everything, and yet they they keep going in of itself. Well, more or less, you could say more or less like Oppenheimer, but in a in a different scale of yeah. of pressure that's coming down on them. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we're just about time here. Um, Is there anything that we haven't covered? I, I don't think so. Um, we had a very long episode. Uh, very well-deserved episode. Like, I feel like we... we um, Really went into town on this? Oh, no, yeah, yeah. But it was really kind of deserved, you know? I feel like Oppenheimer is truly like a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Like, the way that we saw it... Uh, the way that we saw it, but also... A movie that kind of just, just like, not only like I said, like the Barbenheimer phenomenon. Not only did that bring everybody to the theaters, but both movies were just so good, and that doesn't happen, like ever. Like it literally, it doesn't happen. Um, and I just, I'm very, very glad that that both the movies were good not only but i'm glad that movies are back dude i know that like a lot of people say that all the time that movies are back but now i can finally say that movies are back like and if, like, if they're not back then the very least you could say that all this are good steps forward in the right direction oh, not, oh, yeah. not just i don't oh, mean yeah. i notice i say steps not this isn't just like one little step something like this it's it's multiple steps a giant leap for mankind there you go. Yeah. Why didn't I say that? Oh yeah. Glad yeah. I thought of it. <laughs> yeah. Um but no, yeah, I just like like this movie was just really like it's really, really good. Um and uh I like some of my friends gave it a seven out of ten. Uh, some of my friends gave it an eight, but I give it a nine point five, honestly. Um there was, I I had very few critiques about the film. Um, like being kind of like someone who comes from like, like, uh, like, like film school and like me and you and a lot of our friends too, it's really like, it has a lot, there's a lot to say about a movie that can kind of take us out of the critical mindset and just kind of just have us have fun with the movie. Like there's not a lot of movies that can do that. Um, I I completely agree. But you know, but it feels but, good. Oh no, it feels great. It feels great, dude. Watching a movie that's just so good that you kind of just forget about, like, like you kind of forget about all the small little things that that don't quite make sense or 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 aren't that good for like a few seconds compared to the rest of the film. You kind of just forget about it, and it's just it's so good to just finally once again enjoy going to the movies you know it feels good it feels good it feels good yeah it feels good, good. But and, uh, yeah. to close it up um one thing i 
I feel like I didn't bring up before, which honestly I felt um, went without saying, is music for both of these movies, absolutely fantastic. Oh, my I'm, God. For the oh, next wow, few yeah. weeks, I'm probably going to listen to the soundtracks for both Oppenheimer and The Whale. Okay. I feel like Ludwig Gorenson is just fantastic. I don't know if you guys have seen, but I urge you to check out the the making of Black Panther. That it's it's a it's a short video, but the um sorry um the making of the music of Black Panther. It's a short video, but oh my god, is it so insightful? And the way that Ludwig Gorenson just thinks like this man is a genius. He he's an absolute genius. Um, now, um, they took off, uh, um, um, Rising Voices, which was the making of the music of Black Panther 2. They took it off Disney+. Plus. I'm not sure when it's going to come, but I had the chance to watch, um, both episodes, uh, for, uh, for, uh, Talokan and, um, Wakanda. And, wow, uh, this man is a genius. Like, honestly, such a genius. And the fact that he, he kind of like respects the 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 uh cultural aspects of of the um of the of the place that's being like talked about in the movie but uh he also respects the actual culture of the people in real life and and kind of conforms uh conforms to the way of their music making instead of his is just really fantastic and shows how dedicated he is to making great music honestly um i'm probably gonna get off topic here but um remember when we were standing in line i like that the, the line was long the place was packed by the oh, way yeah. oh yeah if you guys think that um imax seven millimeter isn't worth going to then they're missing out i yeah. tell you the line was crazy long we were so worried about how good our seatings would be i have no regrets but um aside from uh Ludwig Gordon. I think um, respect is where respect is due to Hans Zimmer. Oh yeah, oh, because um, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm gonna wrap it up here by saying um, you're saying all these good things about Ludwig Gordon. I think Hans Zimmer deserves like a decent amount of respect in of itself because um, he's he's not willing to 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 experiment and go from one way to the other. I feel like he he's the kind of composer who doesn't see like. Um, this is this type of movie, or this is this kind of. This movie's for this person. This movie's for that person. No, we, he he gives it when he's working on something. He gives it one hundred percent, and you can feel that. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Some examples could very very much be said for the the, the most recent one being Dune, of, of course, mm -hmm. obviously Dune, and um, I, I mentioned Gladiator before. Yeah. Um, and not only oh, and I think oh he i'm almost positive he worked on blade runner 2049 mm -hmm. i think he worked on that but more than that though oh um he worked on the dark knight trilogy and man of steel he's he's not afraid to get um to oh, experiment yeah. go further not only with superhero stuff but also animation because oh, i don't yeah. know if many people know this but he's the guy responsible for the soundtrack between the lion king not the live action one the original animated one and and all three of the Kung Fu Panda movies. Yeah, which which is that, great. That's just like tip. That that's only at the top of my head. I I very much respect people like that who don't see movies as just like okay, this is for this kind of audience. Okay, I'm just gonna like turn it down. Nope, just yeah, and just boom. like 
giving push it, giving it Feel his that all. Heart. Like I was saying about that yeah. heartbeat. Oh no, yeah, like giving it his all, no matter what I'm the outcome is. You know? into that heart. Like, um, there's something to be said about people who really give a hundred percent of everything they have to every project they're in, no matter what the outcome of the project is. And you can really see that with like Robert Downey Jr. and Tom Holland, and and even like Adam Driver. Um, like, like these actors, man, they just really give a hundred percent of their performance to every project that they're in. And you can see it too. Like it show, it really, really shows, you know, and you can tell, um, like you can tell when there's a good actor in a bad movie versus a bad actor in a good movie, Mm. you know? Um, now that being said, there aren't really a lot of actors that are kind of just flat out bad. There are a lot of actors that don't fit in the story that they're uh, that they're attempting to tell. But there are, but there aren't a lot of actors that are kind of just like, hmm, I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna be a bad actor. Nobody does that. No one says that to themselves. Um, but you know, um, respect is. Of... I'm sorry. I was saying like what I was saying before. Respect is where respect is due. Oh no! Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, and it's just really kind of just like, um, these actors, um, are just really, really good. And I wanted to give a shout out the the uh, to the SAG AFTRA and WGA strike right now. Um, I hope that our fellow uh, filmmakers are able to get the money that they deserve, and movies are able to start being made again. And hey, if they're not able to get the money that they deserve, delay the strike longer, please. Mm-hmm. Like, please. they need to get the money that they deserve before before they even start thinking about picking up roles again. They need to get the money that they deserve. They need to be treated like they matter. I completely agree with you on that front. You know? Absolutely. And I find it absolutely ridiculous that these studios are trying to play it off as no big deal. Um, it's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous, you know, with, with, um, with Bob Iger making millions and millions of dollars while the average actor makes less than $26,000 a year, dude, that's less than minimum wage, less than minimum wage, dude. That's insane. Wow. Um, you know, and, and and a lot of actors have come out and said the money that they've made hasn't really been able to support them. I know an actor yesterday had to sell their house, you know? Wow. Um, and uh, I remember uh, Sydney Sweeney a few months ago was saying that she could barely afford rent. Like, she could barely afford rent even with acting in Euphoria and all these other shows. And I believe it. Because it's really just ridiculous that these actors and these writers, the, the the writers, which is the backbone of literally every single project that we see, like everything, are not able to make a living wage. It's really just ridiculous, in my opinion. It's really, really ridiculous. You know? And I just... I hope that they're able to make the money that that they need, and I hope they're able to get everything that they want. Uh, I wish I could be there with them striking, uh, but I can't. Uh, but yeah, uh, my heart goes out to them, and yeah, I mean that's all really I have to say about that. 
Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I thought they're like doing a thing or I don't know. <laughs> no, it's okay. Awkward. Any case, yes. <sighs> I would hundred percent agree with you on that. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want to instill false hope, but part of me wants to believe that with stuff like Barbenheimer, there there could be something good about this with oh, people yeah. like. Um, again, I can't say to the extent on how much fans have impact in situations like this, but I like to believe where where there is like this amount of support, like genuine organic support is is really put into it. And and not not just in like um, you know, crowdfunding or just showing support online. Not saying that those don't have any effect, but just where something like this between Barbenheimer as well as the recently streaming release of The Whale, people can finally see and understand what the work that that really goes into it. And oh and obviously of course um Spider-Verse. Oh yeah finally wake up people finally get it that this 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 just can't stand no, this no it stand. just can't and it does it really really can't and and the idea that these studios want to use artificial intelligence to make stories now is of course really, you've got to put your foot down you've got really to put your foot they, down. they have to put their foot down this is that, that, that's ridiculous um the only way good stories are made is from the blood sweat and tears of the writers that's the only way that good stories are going to get made um um and and speaking about these movies i know that christopher nolan is in support of these strikes because he did um uh he did come out publicly and say that he was in support i know that uh, all the actors are as well i'm not sure about the whale though because the whale came out last year so i'm not sure but i know that the actors of oppenheimer left the premiere uh, well, uh, they left promoting the movie um, as soon as the strike started, and I support them. Um, you know, I, I I stand in solidarity, and I really hope that they're able to make the money that they deserve. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, um, there those are two good movies, as I said before, and um, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm excited to. I'm sorry. No, go on, go on. No, uh, I'm I'm excited to talk about more A24 movies uh, in the next few episodes. All in due time. Yeah. Oh, and um, for anyone who might be miraculously might be listening to us, any any of our listeners, if we have any, um, more episodes that we can look that you can look forward to include, but aren't limited to, Good Omens. Yep. Only Murders in the Building. Yes, sir. New, obviously, the new season of Futurama, to name a few, and our supposedly most popular one um a part two for animation nation yeah yeah uh that's coming up very soon um i hope you guys enjoy it um as much as we will have making it for you um but yeah guys um thank you for listening um this has been the weekly standby the podcast where we talk about movies comics and tv shows thanks for listening guys